I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) All right, we are recording. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Greetings. We are alone. (laughs) And now it's only me and you. If anybody knows what that's from, I will make you a croakum bush. Let's talk about Harry Potter. Oh my god, let's get into this because I had I had more feelings than I thought I would. I was like, oh, that's kind of a nothing chunk. No, I had some feelings. Um, I weird because I think I'm the opposite. Uh, I feel like I just kind of barreled through this. So let's see. Uh, Maybe we'll meet in the middle. Yay! (laughs) Okay, get us started. Last week, we left off with Harry's occlumency lessons, and this week we're going to transition out of that uh, through the window, through the snowstorm, and we find ourselves back at number 12, Grimald Place. Now, do we have a theory as to why they have to do such a dramatic, like, transition out? Like, why do we have to go all the way out to be outside? Of Ho- Is it just so that like, we remember, hey, we're leaving Hogwarts now and going somewhere else? Like... I feel like we could have just zoomed out of Harry and then next scene. I feel like some of their transitions are like too much. Like we spent money on animating. Yeah, I'm not mad about it though. I like seeing the castle. That's true. And actually, you know what? Maybe this was for a purpose. It's snowing. So it's telling us we're in winter. Yeah, there we go. Okay, never mind. Answer my own I like it. Here we go. So there are some kids having a snowball fight on the street and inside the Weasleys plus Hermione... What the fuck, girl? Go home. What are you doing here? <laughs> it is kind of interesting. Like, does she ever see her family? No? Okay. No. No. She literally doesn't. From, like, 15 to 18, she doesn't see her family. And in the book, I think it, she does actually show up, but, like, after she'd already been with her family. Uh, but, yeah. So, Hermione's there to be supportive, whatever. It, it's... It's whatever. Uh, So they're all gathered around the table in the kitchen to welcome Mr. Weasley home from the hospital. We don't actually know that he was in the hospital, but he was in the hospital. Fun fact. Are we going to talk about flying Santa? Do we have I was just about to say there's a little Father Christmas flying around on a broomstick. Do we like him? I do. Okay. You sound like you don't. (laughs) I feel like it's very bad CGI. Well, I thought it was meant to be cartoony. I I guess, but... I don't know, something about it I didn't like. I'm like, oh, we had this, like, old-school aesthetic of, like, everything. Like, if it had actually been a toy Santa that they bewitched to fly around, I'm, like, I like that more than image of Santa. I don't know. I did not like it. But I did notice for the first time, did you see the tree topper? I did not see the tree topper. I never have in my life. And I went, ooh, and I skipped back a little bit. It's like a porcelain doll. Like a Victorian-era porcelain doll with really dark eyes. It looks like <laughs> like a haunted doll. It's the tree topper. I'm like, oh, no. But yeah, anyway, it's just like this little creepy kind of Victorian era doll that looks like they probably just found it somewhere in the house and put it on top. It's it's odd. If I can get a screen grab of it for the for our Instagram, I totally will put it up there. That's all I had. Yeah, you know, I kind of like the little it like it reminded me of a Christmas ornament that was like not sentient. What's what's the word? Animatronic? Animated? I don't know. Um animate yeah that's probably correct or like made me think of the little model of victor crumb that ron is supposed to buy in goblet of fire okay yeah now i buy it now i like it it's silly 
it is silly and I felt like it was a very interesting like <laughs> they at least did a good job with all the kids who were looking in the right direction I'm like all right cool 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 we've come a long way yeah. since the the first movie ever I think we pointed out Harry's like looking everywhere but the at the snitch <laughs> you know not important it's fine Mrs. Weasley starts handing out presents and Harry saunters in. She rushes over to him with his gift. She has a very tender moment about, we're so happy to have you here. And she kisses him on the cheeks. Very cute. <laughs> they all get some sort of knitted item. And honestly, I'll take all of them. They look great <laughs> and cozy. And although we're going into summer, I just love my cozy gear. And I am going to miss it until the fall when I get to uh, wear it again. Mr. Weasley raises a toast to Harry and everybody just gets kind of really awkward because there's still this elephant in the room of like, how the fuck did you save Arthur? Yeah. How did he get here from the hospital to now where he's all bandaged? Okay. Okay. Yeah, they kind of glaze over that one, don't they? Yeah. It's, yeah. The toast is awkward anyway. I think in the book he says something about, like, uh, half the people here owe you their life. Yeah, she does. Half the family seems to owe you, owe you their lives now. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't include that. That's even more awkward to say to a 15-year-old boy. Who's obviously uncomfortable because it's not, it's, it's not an ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah. A bit later, the trio are walking down the stairs, and Hermione is poking fun at Ron over his kick-ass new vest that I will gladly take. <laughs> One thing you miss, or not you miss, but I've never heard before, they take a toast, they take a sip, whatever, after the toast, and um, I had the captions on, and Arthur Weasley goes, ooh, that's good, I'll be having some more of that. And I've never heard her say this. She goes, Daddy, don't forget last Christmas. <laughs> uh... I'm like, oh! Oh, <laughs> I like that. I like these little details. I love the fucking Weasleys. The Weasleys are glorious. So Harry kind of wanders away from Ron and Hermione and into a room off to the side of the stairs. He passes Creature, the Black family house elf, on the way into this mysterious extra room. Mm -hmm. And Creature just starts mumbling racist shit at him <laughs> until Sirius arrives to tell him off. I have to pause for a minute here because, like, did we actually need Creature? We never find out in the film that it was him that betrayed Sirius and the Order. So, like, why the fuck is he here? And he's not even in the seventh movies. No. So, like, why is he important to include? He is in the seventh movies. He is? He and Dobby go and find Mundungus, but still. Oh, but again, that's not in only... the same... This is the only right. plot mechanism in that movie too. He doesn't also become right. Not a good in the same way he where he tell them about the locket. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't yeah, provide exactly. anything else except for I'll go get Mundungus. Yeah, I, you're you're really right. I don't know that we needed him. I think it was just like, and here's a relic of their house and like their the family's historical prejudices. We got we could get that from something. Okay, yeah, I don't think we needed it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it's another example of. I feel like we cut so many things and cut so many corners, but then so many good characters. included things that weren't necessary. Or you know, desired. like I didn't need creature. Did I want to see creature? Yeah, I absolutely did want to see him. But like, we didn't need this. This is something that you you cut all of his functional storyline. So why do we fucking care? You know who I would have liked? Winky. God damn it. Winky's the tits. God damn it. More anyway, fucking Dobby. 
Sirius joins Harry in the special room and they admire the Black Family Tree that's basically a tapestry along all the walls of the room that seems to have like this room seems to have nothing else in it. It's just a room with a tapestry of the Black Family. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tapestry room. Going back who knows how long. So we learn here that this is Sirius's parents' house, which I guess I didn't realize that we hadn't learned that yet. And I don't know that he does earlier in the book either. This might be it. I feel like in the book, Harry learns that when he first goes to Grimmauld Place. You might be right. No, you're absolutely right because the right away the um, curtain flies open, the mom screams, and he says, "I see you've met my mother." And then he right. says, "Oh, this yes. was your okay. You're so right. Yeah, it was earlier. But yeah, in the movie, no, we have not learned this yet until this moment, which is just weird to think about. I don't know. It seems like something that could have been shared sooner. And also, this next thing, the fact that Sirius is related to Bellatrix. Yeah. But do we even know who Bellatrix is yet? I don't think so. We don't. It's setting us up for this, the next part of right. this junk. Yeah. So, like, this is our first introduction to Bellatrix Lestrange, even though we should know who she is from Goblet of Fire. From the courtroom scene that should have from happened. From the courtroom scene. Yeah. But alas. But alas. We don't, we don't do things. We don't do these things. This is how we get around not having the hospital scene either. The hospital scene of them visiting Arthur and then running into Neville and learning about Neville's parents' fate. That right. would have also done it. But again, we skipped that. So this is what you get. <laughs> yeah. Bellatrix Lestrange. She's awful. And my cousin. Anyway. Yes, my deranged cousin. I feel like they could have taken another 10 seconds here, too, to show the blasted out person next to her was Andromeda. Or Andromeda. Sorry. White. I was like, Andromeda? What? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? I want to make, make everything my name. <laughs> I'm such a narcissist. No, um, Andromeda, they they could have done like a five-second thing, too. And here's Tonks' mother, also blown off the tapestry for being a family betrayer. And here's their sis sister, Narcissa. Married to Malfoy's the Malfoys. mom. Like... Then move on, because we know those characters. We've met Tonks. We've met Draco. <laughs> like, we... Okay. That'd be cool just to tie that in. No, don't worry about it, everybody. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't about, worry it, about it. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Happen. It's a shame that we really don't get a sense in the films of how, well, first of all, of how <laughs> disgustingly inbred the Sacred 28 are. Okay. Um, I, I mean, say, like interwoven, but inbred also. <laughs> well, it is. It is it inbred. Is. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> just inbred caught me. <laughs> Sorry. We just uh, get this. Me. Yeah, we just get this line about inbred. Or, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, we always get there on this podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh, we just get this line about pure blood mania as if yeah. that's, I mean, which that is at the root of it, but it's, you know, it's racism realistically. I want Sirius's family dynamics to be highlighted a little bit more because there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah. It's a very elaborate prop or set piece that you don't see enough of, I feel like. It's very pretty. I th I liked it. I think people have actually mimicked it, you know, in the Harry Potter f uh, merchandise world. But we just I mean, don't spend enough time. Yeah. They definitely... Oh, I'm lying to you. Andromeda is there. I just found a picture of it. And she is blasted off. <laughs> yes. And she's next to Bellatrix. So you would just, but then again, then why not go one step further? You ha you're, you're right there. 
Like, why not put some more depth into these movies? I feel like they act like, well, that would be too hard for kids to follow. Kids aren't necessarily watching people get <laughs> murdered in these movies right now. Like, teenagers who can handle, yeah, there's family strife and family issues. Come on, nah. So, I mean, this, so, listen, I have always wanted an extensive and very detailed family tree. I'm very fortunate that when my mother's family immigrated in the 1850s, uh, they had a, a bit of money and they were really good about spreading it around. And as a result, they weren't known. And so like my mom's family is somewhat documented uh, in county history. It's nothing exciting, nothing that's a big deal. And trust me, all that money is gone now, uh, but it is, <laughs> pretty cool to be able to pick up you know th there's this volume that we bought i actually think there are two volumes that's so like a history of blank county i'm not going to tell you the county that i grew up in in wisconsin but <laughs> um and you know read about your family read about you know so and so did this and he attended uw madison and got a bachelor's degree and it, it which was kind of a big deal yeah, you know, 150, 170 years ago. Um, so it, it, it's cool shit. And I've always wanted something like this. I don't have it yet, but <laughs> waiting on, on that ancestry. Yet. Yeah, I don't have it on my <laughs> wall yet, but I'm waiting on that ancestry.com sponsorship. Hey, let us know. Hit us up. Ancestry, let us know. We can <laughs> probably make it through a podcast without saying something disgusting. Anyway. <laughs> going on that. So. Okay. Sirius shares with Harry that he ran away when he was a teenager and he went to live with the Potters. He has another creepy moment here where he acts like Harry is a replacement for James. And I don't know, that's always bothered me. It's just a very like, like, like he just, I don't know, the way that he like grabs him and looks at him is like, oh, my best friend reincarnated, not, oh, my best friend's child who I should love and take care of. Yeah. I I have more thoughts about that as we go. Probably just at the end of the scene, I can share it, but it's, a, it, I got more from the scene. I think than I ever have this, this viewing. Okay. Well, Harry shares that when he saw the attack on Mr. Weasley, he was the snake and not just observing it he actually was seeing witnessing it from inside the snake's body he was the one attacking mr weasley and he launches into a monologue about how he's afraid because that he's a bad person because he's connected to voldemort or voldemort is making him bad or something has gone wrong in his life he said so many bad things have happened to me what if they've made me bad yeah that made me sad i had the first <laughs> I, just, I wrote i just feel so angry all the time and i wrote same harry same <laughs> yeah i see it's funny i wrote down that same part uh but i will say this speech isn't really my favorite i i like them acknowledging that he is aware of the fact that he's angry all the time as a 15 year old um but i just i, I don't know this it's just the first feels... time it's the first time in the movie he's saying out loud something that he feels we're yeah, just kind of getting true. we're getting glimpses of he's frustrated he's angry he's emo he's whatever it's the first time he's saying to another person this is how i feel you're right it isn't enough i feel like he should be saying more like i just don't feel like myself at all 
I feel like maybe oh, more is. I wasn't thinking that it wasn't enough. I was thinking it was kind of lame, but. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I think it's lame because it's not enough. Or you just think, why do you think it's lame? Expand on that. I just think the like, poor me, I'm maybe a bad person. Oh my God, what's happening to me? What is the meaning of life is dumb. Well, it's the only person who he felt like he could talk to about that. He can't talk to Dumbledore. Dumbledore's fucking ignoring him. No, he can talk to his friends about it. But he's kind of mad at them sometimes. He doesn't know why. He's going right. I just, it. I don't understand. I don't understand this connection with Sirius. <laughs> this connection with this person that he's met three times in his fucking life. Because, and okay, that's what we're mad about is because it's really forced, this movie. He really cares about this man. Why? You haven't shown us any other reason why they're close. We're just supposed to ride this wave of this fifth movie, fifth movie of, I'm very close to him. Oh, all right. <laughs> right. You've exchanged like four letters, talked through the fire twice, and <laughs> met three times. Like Right. Sure, you're close. Yeah, okay. That that's I okay, I completely agree with that. However, I will say for this scene, Gary Oldman though. Oh, Gary serves. He serves it. I, I for the first time today I was like, God damn it. Like I want I want Gary Oldman slash Sirius to tell me I'm gonna be okay. And <laughs> like, this is the first time and I was like, Yeah, yeah, I want that reassurance from this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they do Sirius. he does a good job. You're right, he does a good job, I think, of serving I'm I'm a really good person for Harry to be a mentor to, but we don't have enough of it to really. Well, and like... he, he, I, I, you know, and I was going to say this in a second, a little further down in my notes, like I, I struggle with Sirius's character in the films because he flip flops so frequently from treating Harry like James to treating him like his son. Mm. Like this line about being a proper family like, girl, you don't even fucking know what that means. You ran away from your dysfunctional family. Okay, and I wrote that too. I said there's such a wistfulness about this scene of like, we'll be a proper family. But then he's looking back at his tapestry sad because he's like, he doesn't really fucking know what that is. He didn't, and then he did have some semblance of that with Harry's uh, grandparents and Harry's parents. He had some semblance of family and all of those were taken away. Sirius's family fucking disowned him. Uh, do we ever know what happened to Harry's grandparents? Why are they dead? Uh, they died of dragon pox. Oh. Oh, shit. Well, also, that's what I think just before Harry was born, actually. Oh, damn. So, yeah, so he lost his family several times. Sirius has lost his family several times. His original family, his adopted family, and then his, like, creative family with the Potters, with um, James and Lily. So I think he is kind of going, well, maybe I can rebuild it now with Harry. But it's like, that's still but right a couple of weeks ago you were like you're less like james than i realized um <laughs> you're kind of like not Kim. that would have made it fun for him so <laughs> right he is you such can't a moody... sit with us <laughs> so uh backing up a little bit Sirius reassures harry that he's not a bad boy he just has a shitty life cool I really like Sirius's line about how we all have light and dark inside of us. It's very reminiscent of like, it is our choices, Harry, that show who we tr truly are far more than our abilities. Mm -hmm. I don't know, this scene. It... It's almost there. It's like you were saying, like this, it, it, this is obviously written in 
to establish a deeper connection for the audience ahead of what's coming at the end of the film to make that loss, you know, more difficult Impactful. for Harry. Yeah. But it's just such, like I, like I already mentioned, it's such a sharp contrast to 20 minutes ago when Sirius was being a dick. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Anyway, Hermione comes to collect Harry and they leave. Back at Hogwarts, Harry is milling about in the courtyard with Cho when Hermione and Ron come rushing up to him to let him know that Hagrid has returned. Yay! I like this music. The true, yes, we love this moment, this yeah. score that's used over and over and over again. Shut up, let me have it. <laughs> the trio go running down to his cabin, and when they arrive, they overhear him being interrogated by Umbridge. Mm-hmm. She basically tells him he doesn't work there anymore, and then she leaves. Yeah, cool. She's an asshole. Bye, bitch. Uh, inside Hagrid's hut, he starts just spilling his guts to the trio about where he's been. Apparently, it's not top secret anymore. Whatever. He's been parlaying with the giants. Wow, huge book, bitch. This was so much better in the books. So much more interesting. This story sucks. Like, we don't get to know what happened. We don't know that Madame Maxime was there. We don't know there was this whole thing. With, I forgot like, the scene happened. I forgot about this scene that he tells them, yeah, I was off the giants. I'm like, that should that should be exciting and important to this movie. And I fucking forgot it existed. Yeah. Honestly. Cause it's dumb. It's, it's so like, they like... take all of the interesting out of that story. Does he even mention they... that Madame Maxine was with him? No. Okay. Right. Fuck her. Yeah. They totally fucked this plot point. They did. The trio ask why he looks like he got hit by a bus and he just dodges it. And then we get another iconic moment of four people staring out a window at a storm. The drama. Okay, so I wrote, first of all, our favorite our favorite character again, Spooky Wind comes in. Okay, but I've never caught, <laughs> again, forgot the scene existed. There's a hole in his window. <laughs> That's yeah. what's causing the spooky wind. And I, for the first time, I was like, why are we doing a spooky wind? Like, why is, but again, why are we all standing up to look at a hole in a window? And then Why are we all ominous. called to stare out the window together? Again, it's a huge transition bit of, and the wind comes in, the wind is bringing a storm and the storm that it's bringing <laughs> and the storm that it's bringing is in the next scene i'm like okay I... yes and here we are we're at azkaban prison yep <laughs> we see a rando whose dark mark looks like it's trying to jump off of his fucking skin yeah that was upsetting yeah it was very upsetting and then we cut to bellatrix lestrange and she is licking her dark mark because that seems normal the hurt she's yeah She's like fully deranged. Helena Bottom Carter is a gift to this series. I agree. They could agree. not have cast this role but better. Like could like nobody else could have fucking played it. Yeah. Hands she plays down. Hinged very well. Yeah, I liked it. Suddenly there is an explosion and a huge chunk of the building has been blasted apart. Bellatrix goes wandering down a little hall, and when she sees what it is, she breaks into this hysterical laughter. I love her no no notes full marks fuck yes <laughs> i would just watch question. her cackle yes quick question are we supposed to assume and i know that like yeah in the books and yeah in the movie shows us the dementors are the one that broke ones that broke them out how how <laughs> did can dementors just have a power to kaboom kaboom wall don't ask questions <laughs> Shush, shush, no, shush. We're not going to explain anything here. <laughs> Just like I know that they can do, they can do creepy things. We saw them on the train in the third movie, do the like creepy little hand wave, and then the lock opens. I didn't know they had wall blasting powers. I'm like, I didn't, 
I wouldn't again this was like for a dramatic effect of like oh and they blast the walls open and that's how they escaped like they could have just like all kind of crept into the prison and just opened the doors probably because they they could technically control the prison right they were the prison guards because so they could have just yes i in my mind it was a combined effort it wasn't just the dementors okay you think it was like we don't really like see that no or if we'd seen like a giant black again how would a giant have left i could have not just kaboom it's (laughs) bye let's go (laughs) i all right again i guess i guess we'll just buy it for atmosphere sure sure yeah uh it was yeah yeah (laughs) just keep going Okay, we just don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fudge announces in like a press release, uh, stuck type style, that 10 high security prisoners have escaped from Azkaban. And of course, he needs to pin it on notorious mass murderer, Sirius Black. Scapegoat Black. Who else could it have been? We get another one of these like montage flips through through a paper with headlines everything's getting worse go ahead i have some just a few that i saw this one like, Ooh, now yes, it's kind please of fun share for me. now it's kind of fun for me like what what because like, i think if i had a job in a movie they'd be like do you want to do the newspaper i'm like yes i do yes i do give me that i want to do it <laughs> i want to put in weird dumb notes that don't really matter um one was ten thousand. then something small i'm assuming like it's galleons ten thousand on black's head so you're you're right black's head like a wanted whatever they're going to get an mm-hmm. award if you get serious black um another article was titled overweight ministry worker cautioned for heavy hexing Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh ministry angers centaurs oh no oh i did see that one okay which i'm like we don't allude to this at all though i think if she, because again in the book we don't get a ton of it either but in the book we do get an experience with hagrid in the Forbidden Forest, t- taking them to go see Grop, and he has a run-in with the centaurs who are mad because the, the ministry is restricting their access to the forest or something. The ministry is, like, imposing something on them. Right, so yeah. So that, that is real, but just to have it as a flash of an article and a paper that we see spinning past, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, no worry about it. <laughs> All right, fine, details. Um, and then the last one that killed me, vampire admitted to casualty after garlic bread. <laughs> oh, my God. Like they held garlic bread up to him and he admitted his crime. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I love that. that. Anyway, that's all the newspaper articles I had that I could read that I thought were fun. We love those little bits. Yeah. That's good. That's good shit. Yeah. Okay. So back at Hogwarts again, we find Neville in the Great Hall. He's reading the Daily Prophet about the breakout as the trio enters. Hermione is ranting about how ridiculous Fudge is, and the three of them are stopped by Seamus so that he can share that he's finally come around to believe Harry. Great. I don't know why this was important. I just wrote better, Seamus. Better. I still need the captions, but better. Oh my god. You're... <laughs> okay. So finally, we find Neville in the room of requirement. He's standing in front of their little bulletin board mirror with all their inspirational shit on it. Mm-hmm. Harry approaches and Neville shares his parents' story with Harry that they were tortured into madness um, by some of Voldemort's supporters. I don't think that he actually name checks Bellatrix. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. He does, he does he say does. Bellatrix Lestrange. They were tortured right. by a woman, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he shares this kind of out of nowhere. Harry doesn't prompt him. He just kind of launches into it. Cool. Yep. Uh, it's a very sweet moment. 
And I do love this shared bond that they have, yeah. like especially considering how the prophecy could have referred to either one of them and how different their lives have been as a result of Voldemort interpreting it the way that he did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. That's all. But again, it's just it's just we didn't get the hospital scene, so this is what you get right. to connect to connect the dots for us. Bellatrix Lestrange related to Sirius Black, also. <laughs> torture Neville's parents we get it like we're okay now we're all all of the uh, book readers and hopefully the squibs are on the same page and we're there great good chunk I mean it's a good yeah. chunk a lot uh, yeah it um yeah yeah I don't know I'm 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 Switzerland about it there's not really <laughs> anything in here that I'm like oh that was amazing and there's not really anything in here that I'm like that was dumb other than them totally fucking the a giant plot line but that's not in there so i can't say that it's 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 bad because it just doesn't fucking exist anyway i have some questions for you what are you going to weave into a tapestry in its own room in your home and keep forever (laughs) all right that was well done um i just like and I'm probably going to say this a million times throughout this podcast. I just like the Weasleys. And I love especially Mrs. Weasley when she says to Harry, lovely to have you. And hugs him and kisses him and so happy to have him for Christmas. I'm like, just that welcoming feeling they fucking give you. I don't know if I'm just like homesick lately or what my deal is. But I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good for him. Because the Weasleys are the best, man. They They're the best. Are. They're just that adopted family that you love. Okay. <clears throat> I'm reading book two right now and they're on their way to Hogwarts and it's like, oh God, the Weasleys, they're just so great. Um, I am going to keep all of Mrs. Weasley's knitted presents because I want them. They're fun, this movie. They're, they're not just the normal jumper. Like she got creative. She did scarves. Yeah, she went off. I think she did a hat. I think I saw um, gloves in there maybe. I can't remember, but yeah. Um, so what are you going to zappity zap zap burn off that tapestry in that lonely room in your house? I don't like flying Santa. Oh, okay. Okay. I just, I don't want him. I don't, I don't want him. (laughs) I don't want him. (laughs) I like Christmas. I'm I'm good with just Christmas. I'm good with the cute packages and the knitted things and the the family get togetherness feeling. I'm good with that. I don't need, I don't need anime Santa. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye Father Christmas. (laughs) What would you do uh, I, I mean, I just said this a minute ago, uh, fucking up the giant storyline, because that is a great fucking story. And it gives Hagrid some, like, something to do. And <laughs> like, it's so boring in the movie. It's all about fucking Grop. Ugh, I don't know if we can talk about Grop. Maybe we should no, skip we that can't. whole chunk. <laughs> I'm okay with that, honestly. I'm I'm totally fine. It'll be a 10-minute episode. And there was Grop, and uh, Hagrid wanted their help. And that's it. End of episode. End. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, that was it was it was an interesting chunk. I don't know if it was a great chunk, but it was interesting. We, we had it's a thing. Thoughts. It's done now. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Did you have a probably unanswerable question? A, a puke. puke. I have a puke. What you got? Um. So, I was thinking a lot about that stormy night at Azkaban. Okay. I was thinking about how 10 high security prisoners escaped. And I was thinking about how they're Death Eaters and they go back to do Baldy Bold's bidding. But like, bitch, where'd they get their wands back from? 
Like we had to look up last season where Voldemort got his wand back after he was reincarnated. Mm-hmm. And we know that Wormtail went to the Potter's house and dug it out of the rubble. Mm-hmm. But like Bellatrix, where's your wand been for 10 years? Bitch? Well, here's the thing. You can, you can kind of... Okay, I can come up with, like, a, a muggle theory, which is, you know, like, in regular prisons, like, in the movies, they'll hand back your personal effects, like, after your time served. But, like, these people are probably, number one, in there for life. And number two, Hagrid's wand got destroyed for fucking up at Hogwarts. Yeah, for you're being fucking, expelled. Yeah, you're Death Eaters. Those wands are fucking destroyed then. Like, they should yeah. be absolutely destroyed. They'd be, like, murdering somebody and then they give you your gun back. Like, they wouldn't. It's a murder weapon. It's destroyed. It's gone bye-bye. Yeah. So like what the shit? I I'd never thought about that in my life because they do the talk deal? about they do talk about Bellatrix's wand is like super distinct. How'd she get it back? Yeah, it is absolutely her original wand. Oh, I hate this question. <laughs> I, I love this it's... question. Uh, it has the internet uh, all a flutter because there are a whole <laughs> bunch of people that disagree about it. Um, of course, a, a lot of people chimed in with exactly what you said that. Uh, the prison likely would have held on to them. Yeah. And since it was an inside job, it's not, you know, surprising that they would get their belongings back, belongings being their want. Sure. Uh, there was another theory that uh, just like in death, uh, when someone goes to prison, their belongings are passed on to a relative. Mm. And so like Bellatrix, her things probably would have gone to Narcissa. Mm, and okay. then of course she got it back because it's Narcissa and she's just as much of a shit as her sister is right? Um, okay. so like there are explanations out there I don't know I'm kind of with you that it feels like if you are sentenced to life in Azkaban <laughs> like that wand is gone bitch <laughs> that better be going through a, a, a fucking chipper Incinerator. Yeah. like get out of here die and we do know also that eventually uh olivander was kidnapped in order and Uh, and forced to make wands um yeah but uh yeah yeah i don't know interesting interesting to think about let us know what do you guys think can dementors blow up azkaban Um, (laughs) why did that kaboom have to happen they can boom boom bam bam things sure why not all right well anyway join us next week for more probing questions involving these movies and these books probing what i can say probing i didn't say penetrating well i did well (laughs) um, join us on all the socials follow us on uh, youtube tiktok instagram and you'll find the minute markers to listen and watch along with us next week and thank you for listening and i will love you and i will see you next week goodbye see you there (laughs) goodbye now Yeah, I have one. I did the DNA thing and everything. Yeah. It was pretty much what I expected. Again, our family history is pretty well documented. Mm. But um, the thing that threw us was that, like, Irish came back on mine. And, like, there is no... Again, I I have 
traced my family's history on both sides to immigration back in you know pre 1900s. I have no Irish ancestors. <laughs> oh, well, then my dad's then the only one that really surprised me too. My dad said we might be Scottish. I'm 22 percent Scottish. Hilarious. I'm like so I'm almost a quarter. Huh. And then I was told the other thing that we really, really were on my dad's side, and my mom, I'm super Swedish, right? 9%. <laughs> like, so I've been lied to my entire life, like everything that I thought. And then, of course, I was looking for the Native American, and it did not show. <laughs> yeah. Aww. My sister was really, was really uh, sure that there was going to be some Native American blood in her family. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not a thing. But she thought I'll... for sure there was going to be. So, whiter than white. But yeah, ancestry. 